This podcast episode is brought to you by Freedmine Fabrications. Nathaniel Fife has been designing and creating custom jewelry since 2013. A well-seasoned metalsmith, Nate knows just how to craft the perfect piece you're looking for. Whether you're just treating yourself or gifting for the holidays, Freedmine Fabrications can bring any idea to life in a variety of different mediums. Gold, silver, engravings, precious stones, jewels, diamonds, and more, Nate does it all. Highly educated listeners have been blessed with a 10% off discount. Yes, 10% off discount for those who listen and shop. Use the code HIGHLYEDUCATED, all lowercase, no spaces, at his checkout on his website, freedmindfabrications.com. Welcome to Highly Educated, the podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Sherman, and tonight... We have a very special friend on for you, Mr. Breadmeat himself, the Amagansett skateboard maker extraordinaire, Andrew Galtieri. He not only shreds on a skateboard himself, but he also makes art and various gift items for you and your fam and your friends and whoever else wants some. So come down, get some bread meat in your life, and let's chat with Andrew. Here's another episode of Highly Educated. Cheers. Andrew, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Hey, <laughs> hey, you guys. Hey, hey. Me and Andrew were just saying how how is he going to come into this podcast, and I think he chose the <laughs> creepiest the, way, <laughs> the most natural way, right? <laughs> hey, hey. I told her what time it was. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking yeah, about right yeah, now. It's like the super bad scene. <laughs> Uh, well, we welcome Andrew Galtieri here, local Amagansett man, who makes skateboards for his company, Bread Meat. And let me tell you, they are fantastic quality. I have one in the background of the podcast studio right now, which you can clearly see on some of these video clips we post. They're beautiful, glorious pieces of art. Thanks, man. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, me and Andrew go back a ways a little bit here to the adolescent days, and he's always been a shredder. I've always not been, so, you know, it's only efficient now that he has built me a custom skateboard to injure myself at my prime age of 32 years old, so thank you, Andrew. Well, you just got health insurance, right? I did just get health insurance. Thank you, New York State. I appreciate you. The marketplace is fantastic. Great. It's not a great plan. I think it's like the, you know, like if there was bronze, this is like dirt. I don't know if like <laughs> that's a category for healthcare plans, but yeah. it's certainly something. So if I think I can drop into a six foot half pipe, I have the confidence now. I'm here. Oh, okay. well, great, great. I'm, <laughs> six yeah. months from now, I'm gonna be laid up in a hospital bed, and Andrew's just gonna be like, "Fuck." Yeah. Oh god. <clears throat> I should have insisted he got better insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Not, here's the board I've made him to injure himself on, but I should have talked him into better insurance. Yeah, right. Andrew is also an insurance salesman for Geico. Please contact him for yes, any please. needs. I work for commissions. Um. <laughs> yeah, all, all seriousness, Andrew does make these badass skateboards, and he makes them by hand himself. So I don't mean like he buys a deck and like slaps some paint on it and does some stuff. Hey, that's cool. Not shitting on people who do art on skateboards. That's rad too. But he actually makes and molds these boards, shapes them. You know, you got to think there's like an art form to this, almost like a surfer, how they shape a board. Obviously more more tedious uh, in the surfing world because it's like dealing with a bunch of nasty chemicals and gnarly shit. But I'm sure oh, you yeah. are too. Um, in most facets. Um, so I just uh, really find the process fascinating. And I wanted to have you on because I don't think real people, like I don't think people, like skateboarding has been such a growing popularity every year. I mean, it was huge when we were kids in the 90s. It was like everything, right? Like you came home, even me as a non-skater, like you watched all the skate videos. You watched the sorry videos, the blind videos, all the toy machine and all the brands that were coming out at the time. Tech decks were huge. Tony Hawk Pro Skater was thriving, yeah. you know? Yeah, man. It's not for nothing, but Tony Hawk's name is as widely known as like a Britney Spears, you know? Oh, sure. Sure. And and people <laughs> know skateboarding because of that. Yeah. Truthfully. And, yeah, and, true. Yeah. And, and 
So for us to be still in this year and know that it wasn't a fad and, and it's been around now since what? I think it was like the 60s skateboarding, something like that, 50s, 60s, something like that. Yeah. But it's crazy. It's, it's, it's held its test of time through all that. It's not pet rock. You know, it's, it's, it's a good ass toy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good ass toy. That is a, the, that's the, my new ad. <laughs> Boom. Bread meat skateboards. Yeah. It's a good ass toy. I mean, maybe it'll be Santa Claus with like a, a thought bubble above his head. You might have it to do is a, a good ass toy. You might have to do a hyphen though, or like a comma, so people don't mistake that, and then it gets like on yeah. AdamandEve.com. No, Eve. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to think of like what <laughs> grammar needs to be in there. Some grammatical <laughs> effect there. Okay. All right, I'm glad I've got you on the team. Legal is not gonna let that pass. Yeah, we have. I have counsel for Andrew for bread meat here. Um, how how long have you been skating for? Like, what was the interest and in, when did you get into it? I mean, you've always been kind of like sporty kid. Soccer, I think you grew up doing all that, right? Yeah, man. I mean, I've got a picture of us playing soccer at spring school. Uh, I don't know. Like, must have been like at least kindergarten or something. Oof, 95. Yeah. 90-something. Back pride. when we weren't like the short guys out there. You know? <laughs> back when we were the same height when, as everybody for when those the two future years. was promising yeah and andrew says this um he has the rare photo of me playing soccer but you know i grew on to be a professional soccer player so that photo is probably worth yeah. millions yeah yeah it's the og uh starter card they call me the ginger pele <laughs> but i just you know i knew the name never kind of stuck you know yeah um <laughs> no but uh i i think i got into skateboarding Probably around when Tony Hawk Pro Skater was big. I mean, I'm I'm a '90s kid. It it was always around. I my cousins got into it. You know, I was I was impressed by the whole the whole culture of it. Yeah, as we all were. It helps when you have cousins or like family that were into it also. Yeah, yeah. No, you. It was. I mean, it was intimidating then too. So you you kind of needed like that gateway friend or someone that got you in. You know? <laughs> the gateway friend yeah. into skateboarding, <laughs> the evils. Well, if you think about it, right? Like all these moms and parents are like worried about their kids like having a beer or like smoking a joint or something when they're like thirteen. But like, yeah, your kid's picking up a skateboard and like doing double like <laughs> kick flips off off double stair sets like yeah that's probably more dangerous than the joint they're smoking in the bushes so oh, I absolutely don't know. <laughs> and plus you know like i feel like the 90s was huge for like team sports is also babysitting so hell yeah you know what i mean like <laughs> our watch, parents generation watch my just, kids right they uh, work so hard they just like put the autopilot into the sports camps and the sporting events too yeah and like you know not knocking sports they're they teach you a ton of lessons and whatnot. Sure. But, and you, you can know, make money in some facets. Yeah, but. yeah. No, and being competitive <laughs> is great. It's, you know, whatever. But when you compete with yourself in something like skateboarding, like, yes, as a parent, maybe hanging out by yourself and not being on a team is not not good. Not Right. It's It means trouble. You know, it, it's also like a really good way to, you know, express yourself or, you know. So did you find that as an outlet, like you found as an outlet kind of to express your creativity? Yeah. I mean, not only that, but you can compete without it being like a toxic competitiveness. Sure. You don't have to be jealous of anyone. Right. You don't have to be like angry Little League or Hockey Dad about it. It's just like it's a normal essence sport. Like it's just a fun Yeah. In the end, it's for you. Sure. You know. And were your parents always supportive of skateboarding, or were like when you bought a skateboard, they were like, "Oh fuck, he's gonna break his neck." I think a, a little, a little <laughs> of both of those, but um, sure. No, my parents liked when we were just active and staying out of trouble. So <clears throat> I think, I think a lot of our parents got that you know staying outside and being active was not necessarily like getting into trouble. There wasn't like sure. crime out here, right? Right. Really, we didn't have to but, worry as much, you know. And, and I, I think that, like, the whole KB toy generation, the kicker ramps, CCS catalogs, like, all those little things we got as Groms as a kid, that was, like, the, the hottest thing, right? You'd, like, yeah. find your new pair of Etnies in the CCS catalog and circle it for Christmas and, like, beg for the Santa gods that it would show up on your doorstep, right? Like, we were an obsessive 
absolutely skate generation I culture. Mean, when catalogs had their heyday, like that was when consumerism was like hot. You were you were buying stuff because it was thrilling. Oriental trading. Oh my! Do you remember that magazine? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it's still around. I don't know. I, I apologize if it's like not, and I'm just spewing bullshit. But I like, mean, holy fuck! They didn't rebrand. Like, oh. yeah, yeah. This is 2023. They kept the same branding. Jeez. Oh man, that marketing guy's getting fired. Yeah. But yeah, just crazy. That like, think about all those magazines, like highlights, zoo books. Like all those magazines and all those things, even mm-hmm. the skate mag, like Trans World, skateboarding, Thrasher, um, yeah. those were huge. I think the video component, though, for our generation was like the bread and butter, right? Because Absolutely. video games and videos went hand in hand. So, like, you could watch one of these sick videos from Bardo Sari or one of these sick skaters, and all of a sudden you could, or Chad Muska, or like, you know, one of these old 90s guys, and then you could go and play them in Tony Hawk. So you were getting yeah, like that, the double whammy of, of content for skating. So they really, that was pretty cool. They enforced you know, it. You like, got to like really, you know, step into their shoes with the way that technology was kind of coming to you. And, uh, no, I mean the video, the video days, that was crazy. I don't know. It, our, it's not generation. like everyone was couch potatoes, but it, the video was hot, you know, VHS is oh. whatever you like were into where it's like, needed oh yeah i mean people would go and trade them online i mean remember long island sound they had that in the middle of east hampton village back when we were kids and they had vhl little vhs section they had the records the cds all that stuff mm-hmm. pokemon cards when those were hot oh, apparently yeah. they're still hot i talked to a gas station guy the other day when i was in there because i saw pokemon things i'm like people still buy these and he looks at me he's like dude every fucking yeah, day they i'm do. like <laughs> you gotta be kidding i wish i learned how to play it it, it must be thrilling. No one, no one fucking knew how to play Pokemon. It was all bullshit. It was like who had the shiniest card, or if it was like yeah. water and they had fire, like you won. Like no one fucking like it wasn't Yu Gi Oh or like Magic. You know, it wasn't for the smart kids. Pokemon was for like everybody. So it was just like, oh, the card's shiny and it's colorful. That's true. Bam, it was like you know? this one's the best. Even if the stats are the worst. Yeah, it's holographic, and this is the rare one that everybody yeah. likes. So, exactly. fuck you. <laughs> we had the little binders. Yeah, I mean, that was cool, I guess. But no, it, it was terrible. Why, when you think about all the time we kind of wasted on the technology in the 90s as kids when we could have been outside, like our parents' generation, because they were really, our parents' generation was like the outdoor, outside all the time. It wasn't really TV. They yeah. had TV a little later when they were like in their early teens and stuff that was getting into the households you know but Mm -hmm. their child childhood wasn't ours was kind of a mix we were like outside but then we had video games so it was kind of like we were so excited to be inside so there was no like when the bell rang for dinner like we weren't like pissed to go inside we were like oh yeah we'll eat dinner and then we'll play video games you know no you're you're absolutely right but i will say that like growing out up out here like we we also did have a little bit of that outdoors like childhood too we did manhunt dirt biking but that's just because of where we live i sure i I think you're right around then it was just like boom n64 boom like as as soon as any of that shit came out it was like oh my god whoever's got one is the most popular kid in class yeah you were a loser if you didn't have any system at all chaos (laughs) chaos so you really broke into skateboarding when like four like fourth grade fifth grade something like that yeah yeah like fourth or fifth grade so that was like, yeah, that was when basically everybody was buying the kicker ramps and doing all that stuff. And BMXing was big, too. Like, we forget yeah. about the BMX world. Like, the Dave Mira game was out, too. Mm-hmm. Everybody was buying the bikes with the pegs on it and doing the... Yeah. But it wasn't no, like skateboarding. But, but, you know, simultaneous to all of that rad shit going on, like, I, that was around the time that the Montauk Skate Park went in. Oh, right. I didn't even realize the timeline there. Yeah. And so, I mean... When news came that there was a skate park going in, we had no idea that that was like a thing until it was a thing. Right. So, you know, I don't want to say like everyone went out and got like, you know, uh, their membership card. Sure. Well, well, and East Hampton got the skate park. Yeah, yeah. But like until that happened, like, yes, you knew about skateboarding, but like unless you had like a cool older older brother or cousin you didn't know where it was going on 
Right, because skating is like that thing. You need to know the spots. It wasn't like you can skate in your driveway and practice street skating and kickflips and stuff. But like when you when it was that culture where it was like gang like groups gaggles of kids getting together to like skate together, that was like a culture in itself, a movement in itself. Yeah, I mean, also when you're like a little little kid, like hell, you might have a skateboard, maybe a hand me down, but you don't know where to like walk to to find some nice gravel to even roll on like i remember like the block vicinity around my house it was just all pebbles right just garbage rocks and stuff like i can't can't roll here (laughs) i got nice at standing on a skateboard for a while (laughs) right well people did the trampoline thing to like start they did the trampoline skateboard thing like with no wheels on it and they would like learn that way to do tricks i remember that but remember they had two skate shops out here that kind of were a big part of our childhood the both the plaza sports in montauk and when they had the plaza sports where citarella is in east hampton yeah that used to be a plaza sports and they had all the gear the skateboards and the helmets the biking they had everything you needed there the kicker ramps you could order whatever paintball stuff that was like the cons oh yeah cons was there too for all the skate decks he had a whole Mm -hmm. my god cons had a huge selection of skate decks and skateboards skate shoes yep yep so those brands they i feel like that was a big thing for us here but you're right in the sense where it wasn't a team sport so skating is kind of that thing where you find yourself and then you're like finding yourself with your friends and it's kind of it's this it's a different thing it's not like every other sport or every other thing it's in its own class yeah and like until there was a skate park you didn't necessarily like it was going on you know like right i know people's older brothers and cousins that were really good sure just didn't know where they were doing it right you know some people had backyard ramps some people had right like little half pipe makeshift things yeah but like until you saw it it wasn't real (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah they would always tell them oh you just did a kickflip on the thing like well where and you're no, like we didn't <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't but but i even remember how the town kind of really pushed for that east hampton one because that really got the kids out there like the rollerblade yeah. track that whole facility really changed the kind of oh, youth park i mean Ro- that youth park roller hockey the that shit was hot out hot here. hot hot it still is they still have leagues every week. It's still a whole thing going on, I think. But how did, where does the – so the skating comes in there, and then where does it kind of transition to the art? Like I know your mom's an artist. Your brother is a painter, talented painter. Like where, where do you guys – like where did all the art kind of come into it? Like were you guys always in art programs? Like how did that – because I know the skateboarding blended with the art, and that's kind of how you made Red Meat because you're designing all the boards yourself. You're painting them. So you're doing yeah. all of these things. Well, I mean – my mom's a painter. Um, a lot of her friends were painters, and so we we were just surrounded by material all the, all time. the time. Like growing up, you couldn't hit, yeah, not hit like, a paint bucket. Yeah, hey, I could steal that canvas if I really wanted to, or or hell, there's a shit ton of paint and crayons and you know colored pencils. Like, I think my mom just liked it if we were busy, so she was like totally stoked on any activity that just kept us like doing that but sure you know my my brother always did like uh painting classes we did a few drawing classes together and yeah i think just being surrounded by that sort of thing going on growing up i uh i got i got a little jealous of my both of my brothers they're both very uh talented visual artists and yeah um you know i was doing audio for a while and you know having something tangible is a little nicer than having something like having done a nice mix on something for me at the end of the day absolutely so i don't know that's That's, kind of interesting yeah where that comes and and your younger brother noah insanely talented visual no and he he actually helps me with a lot of uh the stuff you know composition i'll get him to either double check something or He's mocked up a few of my illustrations, so he's like making his own comic book right now, right? It's like epic. yeah, man, it's insane. It's he's, great. It's, it, that's insanity. I couldn't yeah. even imagine. I'm the seeing his of thesis drawing. soon, so he's. <clears throat> it's like chapter one of like a 99 chapter epic. Good for him, man. He's gonna write the next Odyssey for comics. Yeah, I'm sure he Just will. Just crush it. Yeah, I have no doubts. Kids creative as hell. 
Yeah, it when when you come from a family of artists and creatives, it kind of makes that path a little easier, for sure. Like you said, you had the resources, you had it kind of just lying around the house, where like some kids have to like sign up for a class or yeah. join I mean, a community center to get these things. So some schools, nice the teacher to have. have has to buy that material just to use it in the classroom with you. you <laughs> right, know, so like, art is kind of a lost thing to begin with because not a lot of schools have a budget for it. Yeah. So it's hard enough. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, what's your buddy's name that uses the receipt paper with the hand sanitizer? Like, oh, yeah, that's, Mijo. That's Mijo Cabrera. speaking, you know? That's my boy, dude. Mijo crushes it. He uses the receipt paper and does the paint. He uses, like, acid. He uses white. He uses all these crazy mediums, and he, like, formulates... Yeah this thing it's beautiful yeah but yeah like you know uh creativeness finds a way you know but uh it certainly helps when you have a bunch of stuff to go crazy with right and so is that kind of how the skate making skateboards happened were you like sitting looking at a bunch of material and you were like let me fucking hammer this set (laughs) of metal onto this board real quick and see if it works and then did it kind of like funnel like how did you get into the process of actually wanting to make skateboards well i mean i definitely i love gear you know i could i could stare at those ccs catalogs all day you know even if i don't need anything it's like ah look at all the shit (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah so like maybe it's a little bit of that but sometimes you don't have you know access to what you want Sometimes you want something different than what's offered. Sure. And so I find I found myself, uh, you know, either altering skateboards that I had to be different because I wanted them a certain way. And, you know, I kind of saw a few other people that were, you know, making their own boards. And it was like, you know, that's pretty cool because at the moment I want to change pretty much anything that I'm going to buy. Right, Why you're not? already doing everything custom. Why anyway. not make it different? Sure. So, that that was kind of the the creative impetus. But uh, my fiance actually got me like a kit to just do it one time for Christmas. Oh no way! Yeah, she started the spark of the bread meat. Yeah, and so like Good you know, her. I made a few, and it was fun and. You know, it was it was rewarding to, you know, make something from scratch. But uh, it was also very usable, you know. like Right, you could actually ride it. I did a shitty job, like, the first couple of times, but, like, they were solid. Yeah, you could still ride them. Still a piece of wood. Yeah, well, and, yeah. And and your girl, also a very talented, creative artist and, and jeweler. Oh, absolutely. Jeweler? I wouldn't really call her ju- uh, 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 an artist. A, she's an artist, man. That, her stuff is art, artist. so you, you just call her an artist, you yeah. know. What's her, her uh, Instagram or her shop name? So her business name and and Instagram is Wayward Fringe. Wayward Fringe at Wayward Fringe. Check her out too. She's awesome. Her uh, artwork and jewelry and pieces are incredible. Definitely check her out. Yeah, no, she's insanely talented. I think uh, the most talented color person I know. She's just she could paint with whatever medium she's using. So some people have that gift, man. It's just, it's crazy. And, and shout out, you know, I feel like this is the moral of your story is that you've always had creative around you. And that's kind of helped be this kind of incubator for your own creativeness. So that, that, that seems like it helps. It helps to have all this creativity around you. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, uh, it's clearly what I enjoy being around too. Right. Um, so yeah, I made a few pretty, rudimentary boards at first um it it was a blast you know a few of them were crooked as hell there's a lot of learning curves when making something obviously i I didn't think i was gonna do a better job i wasn't (laughs) surprised that they weren't better than what i was able to buy (laughs) but um making something that you can then use is pretty thrilling even if it's just like a stupid little piece of wood that you put under your chair leg to make it not wobbly it's like hell yeah i did that true i never thought of it like that like the tangible gift yeah so i mean obviously it that's sort of like hey the little things are pretty fun but um you know like i i made a few and it was like 
just messing around with a few friends they're like oh you're gonna make these for people and i'm like people don't want these you know like i'm just kind of thrilled that i can use them sure and then um so you never had the anticipation to sell them no not really it wasn't until like i made a few that kind of impressed me that i was like you know what whoa i have something let's get some uh second opinions on this let's see if anyone else likes them yeah and newsflash let's fast forward they did yeah (laughs) and and so when was that like first moment where somebody was like yeah man i'll pay you for this skateboard i don't know i definitely like insisted on a few people using them once or twice before i felt comfortable (laughs) selling anything selling your product yeah you know i i tried to actually what did it too was I tried to break a few, like I really tried to like muscle them into oblivion to see, you know, what things could go wrong with how I was doing it or if anything I was doing could lead to a bad product. And uh, it taught me a few things, but it also taught me that like I kind of did have something that was pretty durable. Right. So I don't know. I think one of the, I think uh, it might have been Kai, my uh, my protege, so to speak. He's this uh, 11-year-old that I live near. I think I was just skating near him a few times, like a while, while back. And him and his dad were like, oh, you, you want to skate with us sometime? And us meeting up and skating together led to me doing a few lessons with him. And now we just skate together all the time, everywhere. And That's awesome. Dude, and he's, he's just, and he's just getting nasty. He's just getting nasty. Yeah, but isn't uh, it cool to like watch when you're like training somebody or teaching somebody to to watch them start to pick it up for real and to watch them really adapt it on their own? You're you're like, holy shit, this is yeah. cool. It's crazy watching someone learn something and it being fast is these kids, like man. It. I know. That we keep joking, we keep joking about these Gen Z kids. Oh, they're sensitive. Oh, they're PC. Oh, they're all these things. You watch, man. These kids are going to be ten times as efficient, ten times as smart, ten times as everything. They're not going to be able to do any hard manual labor because <laughs> our generation barely can do it. Yeah, so no I, I think they lost that, that part. But I think everything else, holy shit, they will pick up things so quickly. Like I think the next generation, you can just teach them things, and they're just like whoop. Yeah, instantly learned because there's just so much at their disposal for resources. They can go Google or YouTube 85 ways to do a kickflip or 100 ways to fall or do this or d- how to build, you know, they can Google how to build a skateboard. You know, like you yeah. can literally. Dude, you can learn anything on YouTube now. Anything. Like, yeah, there's Absolutely a little anything. bit of a paywall on learning shit fast. But, <laughs> right, dude, if you know what to look up, damn. Well, let's talk about that as a tool did you use that at all when you were making boards did you like youtube oh how to make a skateboard or tutorial videos or did you kind of just trial and error from that board kit and expand it on that so yeah i definitely did a lot of uh there's a a few really awesome youtubers out there that are working on you know making boards and whatnot one of the guys that really really inspired me um was the guy that actually does sea rat skateboards in Mm. san francisco Mm. and I actually had bought a custom board from him, and, you know, in my mind, I was like, you know, this is fucking awesome. You know, being able to have a business like that is cool. Right. But what if you also offered some other shit? You know, there's all sorts of ways you could change someone else's idea into something that's different. And, you know, part of me wanted to be just like, oh, that that sounds awesome let's let's do something like that but you know a lot of it also has to be like well how do i do it how do i do it let me trial and error youtube university that's what it is and now they even have if you want to be advanced and you want to save your shekels and buy master classes those are like an elevated form of youtube where Mm -hmm. it's like james cameron teaching you how to be a film director or like Bobby think, Flay teaching you how to be a chef. Like it's hell. I think now Tony they have Hawk some serious skateboarding one. Right now they have some serious goddamn resources that we didn't have growing up. Like we just played the video game and we're like, oh, let's try to do a triple kickflip. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, dude, some of us went to college trying to learn one thing, 
and had to take a bunch of other bullshit. <laughs> they, oh, God, the general the, education requirement. And some of it's awesome bullshit. Oh. Well, it does help. So, like, when I used to shit on the GER, too, and then I realized kind of, like, what it did when I, when I, like, turn on, like, a news channel for a second, and I think, people watching this news channel don't realize that they're getting played. And that's important to go to college because you learn critical thinking and it teaches you how to, I don't care what channel you're on, CNN or Fox, either side. If you can't look at that channel and know that you're being played like a fiddle with everything that they're talking about, saying some of the stories might have some hints of truth or validity or whatever it is on both sides of the aisle, but it does not matter. They play this like a game and they play you like a game. And if you don't understand critical thinking, and how to differentiate yeah. this and that and write from your own thoughts and critically think through processes yourself, do the research. So that's that's what I find was valuable about the GER was that they stuck yeah. you in these courses and disguised them as things. They're, it was like putting the fucking pill in the slice of meat for the dog. It's like they knew what Agreed. they were doing. Agreed. They like gave you these classes. Like I'm never I never think forget. part of it is adding those into a into a GPA of someone's major. Right. And that's right. that's when it becomes a little weird. Exactly. And I remember I my freshman year, I was at Plymouth State University, and it's in the middle of the mountains in New Hampshire. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a boonie, boonier Live place. for your die. Live for your die, brother. And I took a class. It was the critical thinking general education requirement. Like they made you take, I think it was two critical thinking courses, so two, two semesters well, worth. That actually sounds like a pretty good class. Well, but it was – in But, but in they name. disguised it. It was – the evil Disney, the evil empire. So we critically thought about all the subliminal shit that Disney puts in their movies. So all of it. those like rumors when we had as a kid being like, oh, they put sex in the sky in the Lion King and they put, you know, they put the people fucking in the movie with the rats. Yeah. I forgot what it's called. We There's bl- a big old penis in the background <laughs> of the Little Mermaid. Right. So we, so we broke down like all of these different things and like how media portrayed them and like how, and the teacher was like a total Disney fanatic. Like she wore a different Disney shirt every day. Uh, she had pins, but it was like, this is what I'm paying. I'm paying 30 grand a year to go to this school and yeah, I'm taking yeah, a yeah. class about Disney. This is hysterical. But we but like I'm saying, it's the pill in the meat. Like they disguise it as this fun course about Disney, and you're like, oh, this is funny and fun. But like you're critically thinking the entire semester, so you're yeah. not. It's stupid, but it's teaching you a valuable lesson. You don't realize you're learning until later on in life when you meet the guy that didn't have critical thinking, <laughs> and you're like, holy shit, thank God I'm not that guy. No, you're you're you know absolutely I mean? right. It's that's kind of what it's for. As much as I hated. Or hate the GER. Yeah, no, I, I think it's more of the price of college. That's God. that's pretty discouraging at the moment. And it wouldn't be <laughs> as bad if like there was more state schools and they weren't as competitive or hard to get into. You know, if it was because when remember when we were in high school in and we we date ourselves here, guys. We're oh nine graduating high school, so we're right at that cusp, and. When they preached college to us, they basically said, if your grades aren't great, you're not getting into a state school because it's too competitive. So apply to this weird private college somewhere in Connecticut or this other weird place somewhere in the middle of Montana, yeah. and you'll get in there. And then they don't they don't show you the price tag. It's like forty grand a year to go there. They don't show you that shit. Or they show it to you and don't show you the out-of-state stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They show you the in-state, <laughs> out-of-state thing, They, you know, the, the shell game. But they don't fucking tell you about any of this shit. You're like a scared fucking 18-year-old, and you you don't know what you're doing, and you just sign up because they show you the brochure, and it's like, oh, there's cool people there, and there's there's movie night every Friday, and then, you know, some dickhead takes you on a little tour, and they show you where they eat the Cane's chicken fingers and the McDonald's hamburgers, and you get all hyped, and then you're $120,000 in debt, and you don't even have a job in your career. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, those classes, honestly, the GER, almost become more valuable in your life every day than than the thing you specify to go to school for in some scenarios. This is absolutely true. (laughs) I'm just, like, discovering this as we're talking about it, kind of piecing these things together. But it's true. Like, it really is. And that's – our generation really got the weirdest uh, shift or transition. Well, they, they told us all to, that trade school kids are dumb and that we shouldn't be doing yeah. going to trade school. And now we, we have, have no electricians. We have no plumbers. Nowadays. We have no builders. We have nobody. We have no people to do manual, hard labor 
aside from people that get shit on for doing all the hard manual labor. So yeah. like I don't I don't know where we're at on an impasse where they like yeah. totally fucked a ten year gap of no trade work, and now you see all the younger kids are going back into the trades because they're making a hundred grand after six months of school or eight months of school. They're making fucking good money because they're mm-hmm. making in the trade and. And it's solid work, and they're busy, and they stay consistent. Yeah. It's great. It's the difference. It's shifted. Absolutely. This podcast episode is brought to you by... We all know fall is here and winter is coming. Don't be an underprepared kook and not have the right gear. Wampum Skate Shop has you covered head to toe. Literally. Highly educated listeners will receive 25% off. Yes, you heard it right. 25% off. All socks, hats and beanies for a limited time only by using the code HIGHLYWAMPUM, all lowercase, no spaces, on their website, wampumny.com. Whether you need some socks and a beanie for yourself, or you want to gift your family and friends some warmth, perfect for stocking stuffers, all you have to do is just add your items to the cart and use code HIGHLYWAMPUM at checkout. Sale applies to online only and while supplies lasts. wampumny.com. Like, it's funny we're talking about this. Like, Andrew brings up, he's got his degree in sound design. And yes, you do freelance sound design work and you, you work with guys and stuff. But this is your gig. You're doing skateboards and you're also working with a, um artist and welder, uh, uh, painter, et cetera. So, like, you're, you know, you're in these worlds, but really that wasn't your main focus. Yeah. I mean, y- you can't learn if you like what your passion is in the workforce. You know, like I did audio for a while and I I enjoyed it a lot, but um, it's too fast paced a world. So I think freelancing does me better. Um, but, you know, as far as a nine to five, it's nice to uh, nice to go in and leave that shit at, at the at the door at five. <laughs> right. There is a big advantage to that. So as there is the nine to five versus creative idea where you're not working a nine to five, there's there's yeah. pros and cons to it all. But to your yeah. to your point of that, is the skateboarding now so much more fulfilling and what's that process kind of like? Like is 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 that fulfilling to you where when you're working on your boards you're in like a state of tranquility or does it still feel like work? Oh no, I mean it feels like work maybe at the end of the day because I'm sore and shit, but at the same time, you know, I could listen to whatever I want and just kind of like cruise through. Partake in some herbal uh, medicine. Yeah, you know. I, right. I, hell, I could get a, a good buzz on if I really felt so inclined, but, um, sure. you know, I'm using power tools, so I don't. Dale, no power tools. <laughs> exactly. That's. I pretty much have a poster of that in, in the shop. That's but um, <laughs> no, uh, it it's really nice. I get to uh, just kind of make stuff that I want. So that's the life of an artist. That's like the joy you want. Yeah, like you know, there's some mediums that I wasn't you know fond of. Maybe just because I didn't want what I made at the end of the day. Sure. Yeah, hell, maybe I was good at a few things, but. Uh, I didn't want it. I didn't want to keep it. No, this like, clay pot is cool, but like, like oh, who cool. the fuck Here wants you this got... clay pot? I can't ride this clay pot. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, you want your shit at the end of the semester? No. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not sentimental <laughs> like, to me. Like, you only paid all this money for uh, this art school or I learned whatever. it. Like, that's what I paid for is learning it, you know? Like, most sure. of, uh, you know, because I did have gen ed art classes. I had, you know, like, sculpture, like, 3D art. You know, I had drawing classes, and so, you know, some of it was, I mean, it was a blast to do, but, you know, some of the shit I did was like, I'm never going to hang this. Right. Ever. Now, now, what's the actual process of, take us through the whole shebang of in and out of the skateboard. So, like, does it start with you as a, st- I assume it's almost like how a guy designs a car chassis. They stare, they get inspiration, and they get a drawing board. They draw out a shape of some sort or design of some sort, or do you not work like that? Do you make the board first? Like, what's your whole process from, like, start to finish? <laughs> well, all right, so that kind of depends. Um, if if I know what someone w- likes to ride, for instance, uh, my buddy Kai, 
the 11 year old that i skate with who's fucking really good right um i know the size that he wants to ride i know kind of the dimensions that are gonna work for him and maybe be fun to try out um so there's kind of like limitations that i stick within and so I don't have to work with too many variables there. Sometimes in that case, you know, I could just be like, all right, what's a good shape and size? That works for me. Um, you don't have to physically draw anything out or anything, really. No, not until, you know, I've got like something in hand. And so like, you know, the first thought, I guess, when I get an order is what mold I'm going to use because a, a person that's buying for me could be you know this little five foot nothing guy or you know some six foot five dude or lady sure you know now explain a mold to me like i'm five why so, is there a mold what is the mold andrew so the, the part that got me like most interested in skate in making boards is a mold for a board is basically a shaped out hard material that is the the concave of what you want to have the wood adhere to so all the bends that you want this piece of wood to have under your feet um you know whether you want it to come up like a bathtub or you know be a wave like a w sure you you think of that and you make a hard material in that shape and so basically you're using pressure and thin pieces of wood to push into those grooves and curves and shapes and hopefully stay in that shape. <laughs> Which is the challenging part, I'm sure. And that's where all the epoxies yeah. and all this stuff come in. Yeah. So like a typical like, you know, skateboard you for, like if you're looking at it from the horizontal sure way, the, the typical skateboard shape smile it's it, you know, when we simplify it to maybe like a snowboard where it's kind of like flat but it curves up at the ends yeah. that's that's kind of an if you thought of like a mold as the opposite of that if you if you filled that up with concrete or something that would be the mold then. exactly so you're getting it in that mold and then each layer is adhered like one at a time yeah and so the way you make the wood well there's several ways to make a, a skateboard anything attached to some trucks really can suffice but to to get today's like concaves that are expected in a skateboard um this is how you would do it and you would make um each board out of seven plies of uh veneer like very thin one sixteenth to one twentieth of an inch uh pieces of wood so very thin pieces of wood applied and you do them one at a time and then each layer gets glue of some sort yeah um you know people use all sorts of adhesives um i work with glue you know i'm trying to use like as little toxic shit as i can but um, right. you know uh, I mean. other companies will use, like, you know, straight-up epoxy. Um, it kind of makes it super rigid, and that's cool. I, I don't love it. Um, so that's not even your style of board, even if you could replicate it. I, I can replicate it. Or, uh, I sure. don't want to. Yeah, you don't want that style. You no. want something that's a little more forgiving. Yeah, I mean, you know, like when you, when you hit a baseball with a, a wooden bat, feels a lot nicer than hitting it with a metal one. Tingy metal bat. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of like that. Yeah, that's just a good way to break it feels, down. It feels nice. Um, sure. So I'm a fan of the way I do it. and um, But yeah, so a modern skateboard is seven layers of veneer. But, you know, like a downhill board or something that you might want to flex a ton might be less or more interesting yeah. so the big like huge downhill boards they use for san fran like where they're bombing hills i've seen guys like rocking like 11 ply boards that are just kind of like carved in at certain points to make the wheels not hit right 
Um, but yeah, you know, if you want something to like really flex out, you might even use five and maybe strengthen it with something like epoxy or carbon, some shit. And does the shape, as it becomes more difficult, is that, do you have to buy these molds or do you make the mold yourself? So that's, that's where a good portion of my YouTube education came in. I, I knew a lot about boards and shape history and all that but um you know making a mold is pretty difficult um i started off making a few out of foam and you can use like a a shop vac or not a shop vac but like a a high pressure vacuum industrial vacuum yeah to a vacuum seal and you know that that's pretty nice for prototyping but um you know now once you've got something that's really nice, then you've got to replicate it with a hard material. So, you know, there's several different ways of doing that. Um, one of them is just straight up pouring concrete on that and letting it sit and having that side of it now. Interesting. So, you know, there's... It's kind of like the poor man method. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you, you make a frame... You Hook it up to some uh, some car jacks and you're good to go. So you're so <laughs> it's really a process that each way you make it could kind of be different depending on how you're making it too. Yeah, because so you like, really have to get creative. If you need a weird shape, then you're going to need to build a weird mold. To build a weird mold, you're going to need some weird material. Yeah, I mean weird shapes can be done on pretty much any mold, but when it comes to making something that's appropriate for a different sized human. That's where, like, a nice change in mold comes in handy. Ah, uh, okay. You know, like, something that, you know, feels kind of natural on our feet, since we're, like, kind of average-sized humans. He's might, very kind. We're both might, short. We're short. <laughs> <laughs> short kings. It might feel terrible on someone that's huge with big feet, you know? Like, so even just the the length of your foot sideways on a skateboard might be something that you take into consideration. Yeah, like I ride a thinner board, for example. Yeah. I had you make mine a little thinner than the average board or whatever it was. Yeah. Because I think most of those Zip Zinger styles are, are a lot thicker. Uh, and he made this sick board for me. We're staring at it right now. It's beautiful. Black and red. It's got the, <laughs> the bread and the drum chicken drumsticks on there. It's yeah, amazing. Tried to make it metal. It's absolutely metal. <laughs> So then once you've made the mold and you press the wood together, everything's solid, then what's the next move? All right. So at that point, you've got, you know, a wavy rectangle, which yeah, is pretty cool. a big wavy rectangle. Sometimes you just got to, like, have one of those, like you're right in the magic carpet like Aladdin. <laughs> just for fun. Yeah, I, I have one that I just can't, I can't use the materials to set up, but I really <laughs> want to do it. Well, I've um, seen you paint on some of them, too. Yeah, yeah. You make yeah. some cool artwork out I've, of them. I've fucked up quite a few pressings, so to speak, um, either not letting them cure or letting them uh, warp. We live in a pretty damp area, so like sometimes just letting them sit in a stupid place will give them a good corkscrew. Interesting. So that's a shitty learning curve. but um. Well, now you're teaching the other people. Yeah. You're teaching the youth yeah, here. Yeah, get a dehumidifier for sure. That's my first tip. Tip for Andrew here <laughs> that he's giving you all is buy a dehumidifier if oh, you're going to make skateboards yeah, in your space. Yeah, You can't have That's deafness. the first thing you want. All right, so you got, you know, this rectangle that looks like a skateboard but a fucking big-ass rectangle. Then you kind of want to decide where the trucks want to go. So... You know, drilling the holes is kind of an adventure. Um, there's plenty of different ways to do it. It can often go pretty wrong, so that <laughs> another learning curve. But once you got some holes drilled, you know, like, you could use a piece of fucking long-ass paper. You make half of whatever, hell, you, you could draw out whatever shape you want. But if you got something nice, you put some bolts through them, right through your holes that you've put into that said rectangle that you've got glued up sure and you just trace that you flip it around trace it again because you've got just a half a board uh cut out of paper and basically that's how you make something symmetrical you literally ah. just will use half 
flipped over again. So simple, but yeah, genius. Yeah, and obviously you got to draw something kind of good for it to turn out all right. But you know, thirty-three inches is a pretty thirty-two inches is a pretty standard skateboard length. So if you work within those parameters and you know you draw up something that doesn't have too many squiggle lines, boom, you got a you got a skateboard shape. So it's that, and then how do you cut it? What do you use to cut it? A bandsaw, or I use a jigsaw, which is nice. Uh, so you, you just ma- cut it with a straight-up jigsaw? Yeah, I mean, I like that because I can make anything with some patience. You know, like, I, I don't have the space for a bandsaw at the moment. Right. You prefer that if you could, probably, for production. Yeah, it if would probably be pretty boards. cool if I could uh, have one of those. That'd be nice. Yeah, but no, no kid out there that's making boards at 14 has a bandsaw sitting yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some guys also have a CNC machine. That will literally just, you scan a file, and then boom, you got a drill just cutting the whole fucking shape. That's cool. Like a printer. That's that's probably what the big board companies do, I'm sure. Yeah. Or if you want to be like a mid-range board company immediately, you might just get all that equipment, you know? And, and start pumping boards out. Yeah, just... Now, what would be the benefit of a company doing that and, instead of just buying blank decks at that point and designing it? I mean, at this point, it's pretty... Hard to say what the... I mean, selling equipment is probably pretty nice to do because, you know, brands are all over the place. But for someone to just be pumping out boards like that, I don't think it's very advantageous because the the markup for said product that you're making is pretty minimal. So, you know, from a profit standpoint, terrible. Well, in your, I mean, think about that. In your world, it's tough because oh, people, it's not going to get you rich. Oh, because because <laughs> you're making things that normally somebody can buy some like shitty complete deck or you know I remember back in the day they were like about a hundred dollars. I don't know what they are now. Yeah, but they're around a hundred bucks when I was a kid for like a complete you know like a shitty set like you know the Kmart branded crappy board whatever, mm-hmm. but like a nice setup you know maybe like a hundred and fifty something yeah, like yeah. that got you like a nice setup. And that for a kid is expensive, but if but it's funny because you're thinking like you're making molds, you're doing seven different layers of thin plywood, you're applying yeah. glue, you're cutting the thing, you're then you're sanding it. We didn't even get get to the finishing part, and yeah. you're doing all this work, and you're getting you know good good price for the board. But man, that was well earned. It wasn't like it was easy money. You're not yeah. pressing a couple buttons and moving on. You're you're nah. manual laboring this work. Yeah, yeah. No, and, uh, you know, I'm I'm not pumping them out, so to speak, fast enough to, you know, pay someone a great wage for it for me. But, sure, um, sure. And, and you pump them up in, in your own custom pace, like you said. It's yeah. more of an art form for you, and you love yeah, to do I, this. I do enjoy doing it, and so that's that's part of the benefit, you know. Um, and, yeah, it it's fun, uh, you know, getting something out there and seeing it around is also hilarious, you know. Isn't that fun? That's a cool part of it. You yeah. seeing it at the skate park, somebody's got a bread meat board, and you're like, wow. Yeah, I mean, hell, part of the name is just, it make me giggle. So, like, oh, dude, nice bread meat board. Like, <laughs> is that how, the, how, did, how did the name bread meat come about? I, you know, I think my dad just was like, you can't have your real last name on Facebook if you're posting a bunch of d- dumb college bullshit. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll change it to something weird. And it was just like, all right. Uh, I, I'm a <clears throat> real big fan of the like inside of a loaf of bread, like the meat of the bread. <laughs> all right, and that'll be it. And so right. I, it came from a bunch of people thinking that it was my real last name. Because I just kept it as my Facebook <laughs> last name for a while. Andrew Breadmeat was your yeah. real name. Yeah, and so like from there it was like, all right, I can't name it anything else. <laughs> I can't. This is it. It's Breadmeat Skateboards forever. Like, yeah. This is, but it's a great name. It's fun. And it's catchy and it's fun. And I think people love that. I think it's a good, yeah. it's a good vibe. Yeah, it, it, hell, it's a hell of a theme to go with art-wise, you know. Sure. You just get to make food art. Food art all the time. There's many instances. And you have fun logos you're doing. And, and the finishing yeah. process, we didn't even talk about that. So you finish these boards, and after you're done creating them and, like, actually hand-making them, then it's nice. Let's say you have a nice finished board. It's shiny. It's nice. Then what do you do? You sand it down. 
Oh yeah. So like if, so once I've cut it, I've got, you know, something kind of what to spec of what I've got, you know, you're, you're going to touch that up here and there. Cause even if you're using like a nice ass saw, you're probably not cutting on the lines very, very precisely. Right. Um, and you want to give yourself a little bit of space. Yeah. But, um, yeah, depending on what I want painted and whatnot, I could paint it first and then go through the finishing process. Um, yes, I do sand it um, before, you know, staining or or painting. But um, I'll also maybe do the sanding or routing of the sidewalls after doing the artwork. Hmm. Some Sometimes it's before, sometimes it's after. Yeah. And that's just kind of for fun mm. um sometimes you know like going onto the sidewall the sidewalls of the board making them all black around there it's kind of nice to see from the side so sometimes that's the consideration yeah and that's the beauty of it right you get your own each project is completely unique yeah each board is completely unique so you're buying something that is handmade in pieced not like handmade, like they're telling you it is, and then it's some like factory pumping it out. Like you're literally hand making this custom to specifications that you want, mm-hmm. and that's important for a kid when he needs a board. Like if you're a kid and you have saved up money and you want a sick board and you're not gonna break it in two seconds, and you buy something nice that's custom to you. I mean, there's no option. There was no option like that when we were kids. I know. Like oh, where's the custom board maker when we were in the '90s? It didn't happen. So for you to even be a resource. For local kids in the community, which now that they've regenerated the skate park in Montauk, huge. I think now you're going to see a whole next-gen wave of these skate kids because of what they've provided in Montauk. Absolutely. And, and I think having keepers there, the little skate shop, and mm-hmm. having like all these little places around, I think it's yeah, only yeah. going to help fuel I mean, the community. And Keepers and, and Adamar are like w- literally surrounding the 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 park it's awesome yeah yeah the two board companies right there are right next to the park yeah you're right adam are too and and it's it's cool to see that skating is still thriving and alive and they they invested millions into this new park and it looks incredible yeah. it's state of the art if you haven't seen it check out montauk skate park not Beautiful. even if, even if you don't <laughs> skateboard just yeah, go look at it it looks there. like the x games just came and shat on the place it, it's unreal. It but looks like a video game. Even the whole hill where they, they ripped up a bunch of, I don't want to call them bushes. It no, was it's like brush. It's like brambles. They, yeah, brush. they ripped out brambles and brush all and along the Montauk thorns. ball field. They tore all that they out. It's it now just up. a nice green hill. I thought it was going to be like, you know, kind of uh, rough when they opened the park because it was just done, right? They landscaped the shit out of that. It looks yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it like, looks great grass kids are rolling down the hill just as much as they're rolling in the park it's fucking awesome and wait till the winter time then that shit's gonna be snowboard paradise kids are gonna be ripping down that hill doing little whatevers bart bart was the first guy he got out there the first first snow this year of course yeah he he made sure to send all of us a a video of him going down uh going down the hill gizmo his little dog's just running around gizmo the man shout out to gizmo shout out to bart schwarz sick photographer sick local videographer absolutely the man artist a man of many hats yeah yeah great guy the community you guys have built out here is is almost like our generation like the 30s and older 20s and even the young 40s like everybody's kind of excited to see all the stuff that you guys as a squad post whether it's you or joey or pat or bart all these kids are just doing, it's fun. Like, you guys have this energy, Rich or whoever. You guys all have this skate culture and energy that you've basically revived into the community. And it's fucking awesome to, like, be excited for you guys to put out videos or fun things yeah. or content. or it, It's great. And, and yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, a, it's making me feel alive in that world again. <laughs> like, making me want to skate. Like I said, I have health insurance now. I'm going to get after Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> protect the digits let i always sucked you. let me let me tell you i can kick turn maybe and roll in on a few things that's but that's all you need it. you just gotta roll um yeah, never was any good but dude yeah it's it's a fun crew and it's actually really cool because i think part of when we were growing up was like the older kids were intimidating i don't know there was like isn't that weird it, we not, were kids. there wasn't bullying but it was just like 
that was like dazed and confused when we were kids. We yeah, were the last like, generation you of, ta- of you like talk hazing. To those fucking kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were kind of like the last generation where you could yeah. really like beat up little kids and get away with it. <laughs> True. As like a sixteen year old, like you, yes, you know. Facts. All right. <laughs> we got we got that a little pummeled. That on. was definitely still a thing. Yeah. But, all right. So while we don't do that, and that makes it for being a kid so much better. Um, it's cool because, you know, you've got a bunch of guys that are, you know, still in town, still having fun on their toys, but, like, getting these kids excited about it and, like, intera- Stoking the next generation. interacting with them, you yeah. know, like, you know, you know when a, a kid got new shoes or, like, new wheels or a board and you're like, yo, kid, nice shoes, man. And he's hyped. And he's hyped. He had a great day then. Like, sure. It makes a difference. And they need that. These kids these days are not socializing. They're just sitting on the t- texting. They're doing the screens all day. Yeah, you know, I sound true. like a boomer. They're doing the computer they're machines. They're doing their video they're games. Doing the confangled <laughs> machines. No, but like they are. They're they're not socializing as much as our generation or Dude, even the next generation. Some of these kids before. are playing their video games at the park. Right. Like sitting at right. this Olympic level park that we've got. And they're playing like uh, their, their switch or something, you know, like yeah, it, and that's and so people like wild. you are crucial for the community because you're you're getting these kids excited about a physical activity, something that's making it healthier for them to exist on the planet, and they're mm-hmm. having fun, they're learning lessons, hard lessons. I think skating, if anything, all the things you can say like what parents could say, oh, it's skating. It's like, cause it was always associated with punk culture or like, or like rebels or I mean, anarchy or, you were you know. kind of a loser when you skated in the, in the nineties yeah, for yeah, a while. Yeah. It was like a, <laughs> yeah, it was the outcasty thing, like a metalhead yeah. or something. And but that's just cause like sports culture was like, if you're not part of a team, right. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. If you're not a rah, rah dad <laughs> or a hoorah. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of this is now you see kids just, now you just get excited because the kids are going outside, yeah. and they're and they're getting active, and they're and they're getting physical activity out there and having fun, and they're stoking on it, and yeah. that's the point. Having fun, exercising, like, isn't that what you want? That's that's kind of the criteria for what you want your kid to be doing when you're not feeding them and housing them. Like that's that's, that's kind of the full the full package right there. So yeah, that's what Michelle Obama said. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. If you just let your kid kind of sit in all day, that's not that's not no, great. He's gonna bake, yeah, like a potato, and then he's just gonna become a big stone ball and just do nothing. And we know our guy Will Angelo from Limitless Culture is throwing it down, hosting yeah, yeah. a series of Down the Line, which is a series of skate contests essentially throughout the course of the spring and through the summer. Yep, here there's gonna be some uh, dope prize money. Oh, $25,000 is up for grabs total over the course of the whole series. But yeah, no, those Limitless Culture ones are going to be banging. And I love that what he's doing for the community, too, and what Limitless Culture is doing out here. They're bringing the skate culture back. Like you said, everybody's all together. They got the group going. They got the video culture. I, it's, yep. it's like straight up 90s again. And and even the way Bart Definitely. is shooting some of these and, and the previews they post, yeah. it, it brings you back to this nostalgia and like this funkiness they have to it. And it's and it's amazing. Absolutely. And and Will and, I got to say, the, the new park, are the um, – they're kind of bringing up island and uh, I guess here down down island together. Um, together, like yeah. I'm meeting a lot of people that were you know sort of uh, neighbors, and you know they're kind of turned into peers now. You know I'm yeah. skating with yeah. a lot more people from all over the place on Long Island now. And, and then you go to their showing, skate parks, you go to their yeah, places, and now you go to their contests. You're learning of new places, new ramps, new groups, and also you know. You're seeing who's good, and it's pretty awesome. Isn't it funny how it just came full circle? We were just talking in the beginning about how you're a little kid, and you don't know where to go or what to do. It's the same thing when you're older. But you find the groups, yeah, and now you know where to go. You go to the places, and you skate. So we've came full circle. (laughs) Andrew Galtieri, Bread Meat Skateboards. Yeah. You got to hit me up if you want a a custom board. And for to follow you on social medias and such, throw your tags in there. Yeah, um, so I've got breadmeatskateboards.com, and uh, you can also, I mean, working on a custom board is probably easier to hit me up on Instagram. Sure, DM um, them on Instagram. That's Andrew Breadmeat, at Andrew Breadmeat. At 
Andrew Breadman. Yeah, but um, you know, you could also email breadmeatskateboards at gmail.com. Perfect. So you get three options so, there. You know. Breadmeatskateboards.com. Do whatever. Breadmeatskateboards at gmail.com. Or you can also contact him via direct message on his Instagram account, yeah. Andrew Breadmeat. Yeah. And like I said, Instagram or texting, you could always find my... You, I'll get you my number or my Instagram, however, if you get in touch with me. But um, he will make the shit out but, of a board. But working you. on something that you've got the vision for is going to need some back and forth. And that's where the fun comes in. Exactly. The collaboration between to kind of get somebody that custom project. Exactly. When I had Nate Fife on the podcast and we talked about him, you know, doing the custom jewelry Dude. work. It's just like. He, he could, so talented. That's some of the fun process for him is like the back and forth between like all the elements of the colors and Dude, the stones. Dude, Nate, and... shout out you, the xenomorph thing he did recently. Oh, yeah, he's just insane. Oh, it was awesome. This kid's just going to like quietly make his way to being like the most talented jeweler on the face of the earth. We're just all like witnessing it quietly. Yeah, there's definitely going to be like a shit ton of famous people with his stuff. Soon. Oh, my God. Respect to Nate. Well, contact Andrew for all your custom skateboard needs, and you'll catch him out there shredding this summer. Andrew, thanks for coming on, man. Dude, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be around you, Sherm. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Cheers. This podcast is brought to you by Springs Brewery. We're drinking some delicious cans of it right now as we speak. I'm drinking the lovely Backwater Pale Ale which is absolutely delicious. And Andrew is drinking... You gave me one of these uh, Lazy Lightnings, and Oof. they're really fucking good. <laughs> it's delicious little IPA, little citrus vibe. Yeah. Little haze in there. Incredible beer. Contact them on Instagram at Springs Brewery or go to www.springs-brewery.com.